Okay, well, this morning I want to talk about something that is very, very close to God's heart. Uh, In fact, Jesus spent most of his time doing this. You know, we like to concentrate on the times when Jesus did miracles, when he did amazing things. We concentrate on his uh, death and resurrection, which was awesome. But quite often we dismiss that he actually lived his life for us too. He didn't just come to die for us, but he came to live for us. And in living for us, you know, he spent so much of his time doing this thing called discipleship. That's what he's like, you know, he did miracles, he did all sorts of things, but, you know, his every day, day in and day out, was all about discipling these 12 guys and the people that gathered around him. Uh, Can I say it wasn't just 12 guys, there was a whole hope of women around as well, so if you're feeling left out because you're a woman, you don't have to. Uh, because uh, there were a bunch of women that were following around too. Um, but but the, the Bible talks of these 12 men that he spoke into uh, and he spent all his time doing that. So that tells me that that must be a really important part of Jesus' mission. Discipleship is something that's really important. In fact, one of the last things that Jesus said to us after he had died, after he resurrected, uh, one of the very last things he said to us was this verse that's up on the screen right now. Now, if I've got one last thing to say to someone before I'm not going to see them for a long time, I'm going to make it an important thing. And this was an important thing that Jesus wanted us to get. And he said, therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he said this to all of us. Go and make disciples. That's what I'm called to do. That's what you're called to do. And that's what you're called to do. We're all called to go and make disciples. So what does this mean? Why do we why do we make disciples? And I think we should get caught up in making disciples because it's God's plan for building the kingdom of God. You know, if Jesus spent the most important three years of his life, the three years where he did ministry and spent the majority of his time there making disciples, that's something that we need to think about too. And it's important to us as Christians and followers of God, because it's important to the one we love. If we follow God, then we cannot help but follow what he does and and live life for him. We need to follow him. We need to follow and do everything that he did and follow the way that he lived his life. And he spent his life discipling and setting an example for others. If you're wondering what discipleship is, it's really just showing people how to live a life for God. You know, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it and we go, well, I have to have done this many courses in church before I can disciple. I have to do all of these things before I can disciple someone. But the minute that you become a Christian, you know something about God. 
So you know something that you can share with someone else. Maybe you're not going to be able to um, share, uh, you know, the meaning of the entire Old Testament with someone, but you can share what you know about God with someone else. And that's what God has called us to do. So it doesn't matter if you're just a new Christian that's known God for 10 seconds or if you've known him all your life, you have something to share and God wants you to get out, get about sharing that with other people. And he commanded us to do it. In fact, there's a, there's a part in the Bible where Jesus prayed for us. And this is what he prayed. If we can look at the next slide, please. He said, I'm praying not only for them. So he's not only praying for the disciples that were with him then, but it says, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. That's us. Because we're only here because other people went before us and witnessed and talked about Jesus and what he did for us. So here we can see that this prayer is about us here today. He said, so I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be one heart and mind with us. When the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me, the same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be unified and together as we are, I in them and you in me. When they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved me in the same way you've loved me. There's something about us coming together in unity. That's why I love that we're doing this message straight after communion because that's what communion is. It's coming together in unity. That's how the world makes up. It's a community, coming together in unity. Um, that's what we do. We're coming together in community with God when we do communion. But that's also what church is. It's coming together in community. And that's why we have church. Um, you know, we often think about salvation, so a, a place where we're, you know, that point where we're sure that we're going to heaven, that place where we give our life to God, we kind of think that that's salvation and that's it, done deal. And it is a done deal. As soon as you've made that commitment to God, done deal, you're going to heaven. But then what we need to do is spend the rest of our life working out our salvation, and that's the tricky bit. Like the easy bit is to get a gift from someone and receive it and go, great, you've got that gift. And that's what Jesus freely gives us. But then he wants us to spend our lives working out our salvation. And we work our salvation out in community. And that's why I love the church. Because when we're in the church, you know, we meet people that challenge us. We meet people that stretch us. We meet people that cause us to have to be patient sometimes. We meet people that inspire us. We meet people that move us forward. We meet people that teach us about the things of God. And that's why we need to work out our salvation in community. And you can come to church every week and hear a great message. And, you know, that will take you so far in God. But when you get into the nitty-gritty of loving other people and helping other people to follow God, that's where you see the amazing stuff. 
That's where you see miracles happen because you're joining together in what's God's heart and giving yourself as an offering to him and saying, God, here I am, use me. And, you know, it's allowing him to work through your life to help other people. You know, it says in the Bible, when someone asked Jesus, you know, what is the greatest commandment? Um, Jesus replied, love God with all your heart, all your mind and all your strength. Love him with everything. And, and everyone was ready for that. It's like, yep, love God, that's good. But then he said one other thing. He went, and love one another as yourself. And then he said something interesting. He said, all the laws and the prophets, so everything in the Old Testament hangs on those two things. So it's love God and love one another. And if you're only doing one of those things, you're only living half a Christian life. So we have to get involved in the nitty-gritty of working in other people's lives and being a community that comes together. I think sometimes in the Western world, um, which I'm from, not everyone here is from, but, you know, we have this thing called, you know, it's my, my own personal relationship with God. Um, and we do have a personal relationship with God. But sometimes we use that to the point of my relationship with God is all about me and it's never about the other people around me. Um, so I, I ask you to really stretch your thinking, to make your personal relationship about God not to be just about you, to, to be about the others around you. And church is a great place to start. Um, I want to share some stories you know, Paul in his um, went in First Corinthians. He he told people, "Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ." So today, I want to share some stories from my own life about discipleship, about people who discipled me, and people that I have discipled. So when I'm saying disciple, don't think of it as this big, you know. Um, having gone to Bible college thing that I do because, you know, I'm a pastor and everything. This is for everyone. Everyone is called to make disciples. So we can, we can all do it in different ways. And I want to share some stories today of just different people I've interacted in across my life um, that have either impacted me or I've had an impact on simply because I decided to take up that mantle to love God and love others. And when you do that, you find that you disciple people very naturally because you want the best for them. You want them to grow in God. So I remember um, when I first became a Christian, I think I'd been a Christian maybe for three weeks and I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved in church. If I'm really going to be serious about following God, I need to get involved in what the church is doing because they're going to teach me. They're going to show me what to do. So the church had this Friday night evangelism team. Um, so I went along and I remember before they went, they had this prayer meeting where, you know, we'd pray for God to show us people to speak to before we went out on the street and um, and did this evangelism team. And um, I think it was the very first week I was there in the prayer meeting, um, the leader said, oh, Leanne, why don't you pray? And I went, I can't pray. I've never prayed out loud in my life. Um, <laughs> you know, 
I've been a Christian three weeks. I haven't read the Bible. I don't know all these things. You know, I gave my list of reasons of why I couldn't do it. And he goes, he goes, no, no, you can pray. Like God wants to use you. So, so I did. I went, dear Jesus, please help us. Amen. That was it. <laughs> but you know what? I still prayed. I still did it. And then the next week when it came to the group, I felt like, oh, I can probably pray something a bit longer now. But that person was, was, um, was showing me that there's something in me that I can do in following God that I didn't know I could do. And sometimes that's what discipleship is. It's just showing people how to follow God, how to do godly things, like how to pray, you know, what's baptism, like how do I hear from God? It's like all of those things, like, and I, and I find discipleship becomes very personal. If you think about Jesus, he shared his life with people. He spent his life with people. So it's not like this thing where, you know, you make an appointment with someone and you spend an hour with them and great, I've done discipleship now. You know, discipleship is more than that. Discipleship is being people's friends and coaching them and loving them and knowing them warts and all and knowing the problems in their life and the struggles in their life. Um, basically, it's being a friend. And I think everyone in this room knows how to be a friend, but it's adding on to that friendship, this dynamic of God. In fact, Jesus said when he was talking about uh, fulfilling his mission, which he's already told us, is to go and make disciples of all nations, he then said in Acts 1.4, he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And then in Acts 1.8 he said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the point is, is this is something that we don't do out of ourselves. This is something we do fueled with the Holy Spirit, which means that what we're doing is actually a work of God in us, not just us. So you can go up to someone. I know there's so many times that I've prayed for people or, you know, I felt like, um, you know, there's a situation where it would be great if God would come through and I have felt absolutely nothing. Like I didn't know what to say to the people. I didn't know what to do. And then sometimes I've just gone, well, why don't we just pray about it? And then somehow when I'm praying about it, I say something that's really helpful to that person. wasn't helpful to me. I wasn't planning on saying it. But suddenly I was praying something that was really helpful to them. And, um, and that's because it's God in me. So any time that you're, you're trying to explain things of God to someone or to help move them forward, you know, believe that you're joining in God's mission on that and God is highly interested in reaching that person too and or helping that person move forward. And, you know, God wants to do it. So you can trust that God wants to help you with that and that he will help you with that. You know, there are so many times where I've spent time reaching people that I probably had no business reaching people to. I remember uh, many, many years ago, um, I was in Melbourne and um, I was running this um, 
program for um, teenage kids that were, you know, they just had nothing to do. And it was just like a youth club. It wasn't a church youth club. It was just a, a, a youth club. And I remember one of the girls there, she just, um, you know, I spent some time with her and then she goes, and, you know, I was about 26 at this time, so I was only young. And she goes, oh, Leanne, she goes, I wish you were my mum. And I went, you wouldn't want me to be your mum. I'd be so tough on you. I, like, I see you doing this. I wouldn't let you do this. I wouldn't let you do this. I wouldn't let you do this. And I know you do all those things. And she just goes, yeah, but I'd know you care. And that's it. Like, people just want to know that you care about them, that you care about their problems, that you see something in them, that you see, um, that you see value in them. People want to know that. And if you make them feel like you see them, you know, you can speak so much into their life. You can help them to know about God. You can help them to grow in God. And it's just amazing what you can do. I remember once, so I spent a whole lot of time, um, when I went from that evangelism team, I actually ended up working with a whole lot of uh, street kids that I just saw sitting across the road. So street kids in the term in Australia for homeless kids, um, you know, all on drugs and really tough. And, um, and I would just go and be friends with them. Um, I felt like that was something God told me to do and I would just go and be friends with them. And I really didn't feel like I had anything in common with them. In fact, the first time I went and sat with them, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just went and sat with them and eventually they said, who are you and why are you here? Um, because I was really shy. <laughs> um, and they said, oh, I said, I just want to be your friend. And they went, oh, well, that's okay. And then from then, we just had all these amazing times of sitting and talking to them. I can remember one time uh, just going out to speak to them um, and uh, we were just sitting in the street. So it would be like we were at Prasadik Commercial and just sitting around the fountain and uh, one of them had just asked me a question about God because they knew I was a Christian and they just asked me a question about God. So I was sitting there explaining the answer to them and then another one came up and they, they came part of the conversation and then another one came up and wanted to hear about it and then another one came up and wanted to hear about it. And in the end, we had to keep making the circle bigger because it was about 20 people sitting in a circle all just talking about God. Did I plan that? Nope. I was just answering a question that someone had about God and loving on that person. And then suddenly I was able to talk to all of these people about God. Um, and that was really exciting. So we can do so many things if we put our lives in God's hands. God wants to use you. He wants to use every single person here to reach other people and love other people and to make disciples. But often we come up with so many reasons why we can't. Like we think... People don't want to hear what we have to say or I'm not studied enough. But can I say, get over yourself. You have something to contribute to other people. If you know something about God 
and you know how to love people, which most of us here do, you have something to contribute to other people. And, you know, it's not about being humble. Like sometimes we go, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. And we, and we go with this humble thing like, oh, no, God wouldn't want to use me. God does want to use you. And holding back and having those, that kind of thinking is, is like putting the reins on what God wants to do. Uh, and it's, it's making it about you. Like humility is putting, is putting others before yourself. Not sharing is putting yourself before others. So don't hold back on what you've got because God wants to use what you've got. And even if all you've got is as small as a mustard seed, God wants to use it. He wants to use every single person in this room as part of his mission. He didn't just call you to heaven. He just didn't call you to live a good life. He's called you to live an effective life on mission, building his kingdom, impacting others, loving one another, changing the world person by person. Every single person in this room is invited to be in that. And if you will just believe it in one second, if you will just believe that God actually wants to use you with all your imperfections, with everything that you know that's wrong about yourself, with everything that's going wrong in your life, all your problems, he still wants to use you. And he knows how to use you. You know, God had a plan for your life way before you thought you couldn't do it. He has a plan for your life and he wants to use you. He wants to use you to impact so many people in this world. And living small and living so humble can stop you from doing that. And it's not, it's not really humility. It's, not, it's what it is, is it's not trusting in God that your God is big enough to use you. He is big enough to use you. He is big enough to co-labor with all of your imperfections and all the things that you do wrong. And he will want to use you. And you can do amazing things if you let him. So this generation is looking for people who will rise up and be mothers, fathers, older brothers and sisters to those people around them. We're all looking for people that are looking out for, for us. You know, we all want people that will take time to have a coffee and go, how's your life going? You know, is there anything I can pray for you? You know, who wouldn't like that? Who wouldn't want someone to be interested in their life? Well, we can go and do that for so many people and reach the world. You know, another thing that uh, stops us is we think, but the church hasn't asked me for, to disciple people. The church hasn't asked me. You know, I'm not on the leadership team, so therefore I can't. Well, Jesus has asked you. Jesus has commanded you. He said, therefore, go and make disciples. There's no caveat there. There's no little star there with an asterisk and the footprint down the bottom that says, but uh, wait until the church has said that you have to or that they've, you've, you know, you've done this many courses before you start impacting people. He hasn't said that. Discipleship, you are called to. Every single one of us. If you're a Christian, you are called to discipleship. You are called to impact other people's lives. You are called 
to, um, to tell people about God. You are called to explain the ways of God to people. You know, I love, I've been learning Portuguese, and one of the words that I've learned is disciplina, which is like, you know, the word that you use for describing going to, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the word that you use for, for doing an area of study. And disciple comes from that word too. It's like the study of God. So so discipleship is just about training people in how to follow God. You know, it's not rocket science. If you know something about God, you can tell someone else about God. So discipleship is serving. It's leadership without a title. Um, It doesn't have to be a formal relationship. Like God is calling you to this. We are all called to discipleship. But another reason we come up against like why we don't disciple is because we don't want to be inconvenienced. Working with people can be messy. You know, I've had people ringing me up at midnight, like particularly street kids. Uh, when, when I was doing that, you know, I, I could have had a nice life. I could have just gone to church every weekend and not spent time with these kids and and um, spent time, but instead I gave them my number. Instead, you know, they would ring me up at two in the morning and ask me about something. Um, But, you know, it can be inconvenient. Um, Working in other people's lives, it can be inconvenient. Spending time with people can be inconvenient, inconvenient to love people, especially if they're the unlovely. Um, But... We're still called to it. You know, again, that's not in the fine print. You know, only only make disciples if, you know, if you have free time available. It's like, no, we're called to it. We need to make time for this. We need to make time. Jesus wants you all to be part of an effective army of people that are bringing the kingdom of God to the world. He wants you to be part of this. Um, And he invites you to be part of this. And can I say, I think it is the most exciting life. This is one of the things that I love most about being a Christian is you get to live the most exciting life ever because you find yourself in all these situations that you never thought you were going to be in. I remember once I was uh, with some street kids again and one was a little drunk and he had a car and he was about to drive the car. So me, in all my wisdom at the time, decided, well, I don't think you should be driving a car because you're drunk um, and you're clearly not going to listen to me. So I'll give it a go and I'll pray that the car won't work. So I did. I prayed. I put my hand on the car and laid hands on the car and I said, Lord, I pray that this car won't work in Jesus' name. And it didn't. It wouldn't start up again. And then the street kid got really mad at me <laughs> and and um, started stalking me for a while. But um, he always knew from that point on that if I prayed something, it would probably happen. Now, I don't think that, but he thought that. And so... He always was a little bit um, like she's a God person and she's a real God person, like she knows about God. And, um, you know, eventually he came around to follow God, um, which was amazing. But, you know, if I hadn't have been following God and loving people and discipling people, I never would have been in that situation. 
And I also wouldn't have learnt that my prayers mattered that much. So there's something about when you get into this thing of discipling people, you when you get into caring for other people, um, when you get into loving for other other people, your life suddenly start. You start learning so much about God because you need God to be there. You know, you put yourself into a place where you need God to do the miracles, where you need Him to come through, and miracles do happen. They happen all the time. I remember there was this, um, again, I'm talking a lot about street kids, but this was my, my history. Um, there was this one um, young young man that um, he was a drug addict, a heroin addict actually, and it was controlling his life. Like it had impacted his life so much that when he, um, you know, he ran out of his parents' house with the video um player well video players then <laughs> uh, and he was running out of the house running down the street because he had to sell it to get his next hit and his family were just crying after him um, and obviously that made such an impact but um, I was able to explain to him about God and how God forgave him and how God had a better life for him and how God had hope for him and he did become a Christian but he never kicked the habit. But he still, he, he lived this life of drugs and following God at the same time and it was this paradox. And most of us live in a paradox often the time where we're struggling with something but we're still following God and we're, we're up and down and, and that's where, where this guy was. And um, his life came to a really sad ending. Um, but it was an ending where he chose to do the right thing. Um, and through his drug use, he had found out about um, about um, uh, an illegal trade of um, drugs in the horse racing industry. They were drugging horses to make them win. And, um, and he found out about it because he was using drugs and he decided to go forward and do the right thing. He, he's like, well... I can't be a Christian and not do something about this. So he went forward to the police with that. And um, unfortunately, he was then murdered. Um, and I just remember going to his uh, funeral and, you know, the, the songs that were played at his funeral were the songs that he played all the time. And it was like the power of his love and all of these Christian songs that he held so dear to his heart, yet he never kicked the habit, but yet his life was still transformed. He had still decided to, to follow God as best he could. And sometimes, you know, discipling people is messy. I remember going to that funeral and, you know, just crying and crying and crying because, you know, I cared about this person. Like I had spent, you know, I had been to his parents' home talking to his parents and sitting with them over their frustration of we can't trust our son but we care for him. You know, when you start discipling people, life gets messy and, you know, not everyone's going to be working with homeless people or, or, or drug addicts. Sometimes it's just the person in the house next door that you have to impact. That, but God wants to use you. So what I want you to do is I want you to see whenever you're going around the world in your everyday normal life, just go, 
wake up every day and go, God, how can you use me today? What do you want me to see? And just start looking and having your ear open to what God might say to you. And I can guarantee if you make yourself available to God every day, you'll start seeing little things that you impact, that start to impact people. You know, it's not all big miracle stories. So so I have a pretty um, big impact in ministry now, but it never started that way. It started by identifying the little things. I remember when I, I, I became a new Christian, the church asked me if I would be a, um, a, a children's teacher. And I said yes, but I'm like, these kids know the Bible better than I do because I didn't grow up in the church and they'd be telling me all these stories about Jonah and the whale and and all this and I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then I'd have to go home and read them because I didn't know them. But still, I was able to teach the children what I'd researched to teach them. So there's so many things that you can do. God wants to use you. He does. He wants to use you. He wants you to make disciples. He's called you to make disciples. You know, sometimes we sit waiting for God to tell us what we're called to. Like you hear of people that, you know, have these amazing calls of God on their life. But I think for 95% of people, it's just doing the little thing bit by bit and bit by bit. And as you do that, you start understanding what God has got for you. So some things, and another thing that stops us from uh, discipling people is saying, well, I'm busy discipling my family. But if all you're doing is discipling your children, you're not teaching them how to love other people. Uh, you're not teaching them how to invite other people and welcome them into your home. You know, the Bible says that even the evil do that. Even the evil care for just their families. They look after their families. But we're called to more. We're called to love the stranger. We're called to love our neighbour. We're called to love the people that we come in contact with. And that's what discipleship is. It's just bringing people closer to God as best you can. So how do you disciple people? You simply invite them into relationship with you. Invite them out for a coffee. Just go, hey, how are you going? Ask them how are you and really mean it. It's like, can I pray for that? Okay, you're going through a hard time. Can I I pray for that? Or do you want to catch up for a coffee and chat? Or sometimes it's just sitting with people. I remember once being in a hospital, um, in a hospital, room with some parents that their three-week-old baby was in the ICU and they were just sitting there crying and all I did was sit and read psalms to them for two hours while they sat there and cried, you know, and they just let those words speak to them. You know, we can all do things like that. We can all care for people. We can all love people. But it's also just bringing God into the conversation and going, hey, can I pray for you on that? Can I do that? And then, and you know, if people know that you're a, a person that follows God, they're going to understand those things, and they start asking you questions. I remember once my sister, um, she knew that I was um, a Christian, and um, she she's she's not, but um, 
she was talking to a friend who was in um, dire need of um, something, of a miracle. Uh, her friend had been on IVF for a few years and she was telling my sister, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do if, my, if I'm not pregnant this time. Like, it's going to be the end of me. And my sister just went, she goes, well, I don't know what I believe. But she goes, but my sister believes in God. Um, do you want me to get her to pray for you? And, and her friend went, yes, yes, please, please get her to pray for me. Um, and then so my sister gets on the phone and she's like, hey, Leanne, um, I've got this friend and I told her you'd pray for her. And by the way, she really wants to have two children, so can you pray that she has twins? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> anyway, I did. I, I prayed. So I prayed with my sister and said, okay, well, why don't we just pray now? And so I think my sister was kind of hoping I'd just like say, okay, yeah, I'll do that later. But I said, oh, well, why don't we pray now? So um, we just prayed then. Anyway, nine months later, twins, uh, which was so exciting. But, you know, it's when you're putting yourself in the place and people that know that you're a person that believes in God, they'll start coming up and asking you questions. But if they don't know, they're not going to be able to ask you. And, you know, discipleship, I believe it's not just for Christians. You can start discipling people even before they've made a commitment to God. So, um, like, people might start way over here where they hate, hate God, don't believe in God, whatever, but then you might talk to them and they take a step further. Well, maybe God could be real. Or they take a step further. Oh, well, you prayed for me and that really happened. Or, um, you know... Okay, yeah, I'll come to a church service. And you've been discipling them all that way along, but they're not even a Christian yet. And then suddenly one day they come to church or you're able to pray for them or lead them and, um, and they decide, yeah, I want to follow God. Um, but all of that was still discipleship. It doesn't start from the time someone becomes a Christian. Um, obviously, when they become a Christian, uh, you talk um, more about God and you're teaching them more about the Bible and everything like that. But you can impact people all around you. Um, sometimes people, um, people just need to see the scars. They need to see that you understand what they're going through. There was this story of this um, uh, um, war veteran who came into an office and he came into this office of this big army soldier and he came, he came in and he walked right up to this army general and he goes, take your shirt off. And like the army general's like, what? This is weird. But he kind of sensed something was going on so he took his shirt off and when he took his shirt off, he had this scar running all the way down his chest from where um, shrapnel had hit him. And this man uh, just got his finger and ran his, ran his finger all the way down the scar. And, um, and then he goes, thanks, and walked out. Uh, and that man had been um, struggling with, with um, an operation that he had to have. And sometimes, you know, people just need to see the scars they need to hear that you went through a difficult time and you figured it out and you're still here. And sometimes those things reach more. So be prepared to be vulnerable with people and tell them how life is really, really is. 
because discipleship's not about everything being all pretty and sugar-coated. It's about life and actually sharing life and the things that you've been through with other people so they can learn from them and how you went through it with God. There's so much that we can do. Pray and be available for God to bring people into your life. Wake up every day and ask him, God, who today? Who do you want me to speak to today? Um, and if you're, and it's just waking up and doing that makes your eyes look for how God wants to use you because he does want to use you. Maybe today, after the service, pray right now and go, God, who do you want me to encourage when we go and talk upstairs? And just let God use you because he wants to use you. So God is good. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to reach other people. He wants to use you to disciple people. You know, if you're not in a place where you're regularly meeting with other people, put yourself in a place where you're going to be discipled as well. So come to church. Join a home group. Home groups are a great place to bump into other people and be encouraged and share your story and for other people to know you. Uh, and you'll grow and you'll impact them as we all disciple one another. Um, it's really important to be here, to be to be a person that says, God, here I am, use me. Uh, if the worship band could, could come up, that would be awesome. So why don't we all stand? And uh, if you're willing, if you're not, that's fine. But if you're willing, why don't you lift your hands to God and say, God, I want to be someone that you use. I want to be someone that you use to disciple others. God, use me. Um, don't put your hands up if you don't want to do that. That's fine. Um, but if you're serious about that, why don't we all close our eyes for privacy? And if that's you, why don't you just raise your hands to God right now and just say sincerely, God, here I am. Use me. So, God, I pray for everyone in this room. I pray for everyone with their hands raised up right now. And, God, I just pray that you will use them to do amazing things. I pray that even today that you will use them to reach someone else, to impart something of you into someone else, whether it's praying for someone, just sharing a story of how you've helped them or reaching out to someone in love. God, I just pray that you will use them today. And I pray as they go about this week that you will use them even more and that every day when they wake up, they will be looking for opportunities to serve you just in their daily life, wherever they are, whether it's on the bus, on the train, at work, um, at the person at the coffee shop. Uh, God, I just pray that you would use each and every person here to extend your kingdom and to disciple others. In Jesus' name, amen.